the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Crossover, step back! Where the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports live. Is this the tagger? It is a great night to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. Agent back to pass, rushed out of the pocket, throwing it downfield. It's into the end zone. We caught it. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nice Warner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone. It is Tuesday the 10th, and you're tuned in to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths. Since 1995, Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths have delivered distinguished remodeling services to our home community of Martinsburg. From new construction to remodeling, Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths can design your new kitchen or bath. Their talented talented designers can bring to life any concept you'd like to create. So check them out at MountaineerKitchensandBath.com on Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Good morning, fellas. Good Good morning. morning. Well, uh, was anybody surprised about the national championship or what? I was pretty surprised. Yeah, I was surprised it was that big of a route, but yeah, definitely Georgia's legit. Georgia's on the brink of probably a dynasty at this point. They're looking really good. There's a lot of players that are going to be getting out of that roster, so I'm interested to see who they're going to be bringing into quarterback next season. But the the dogs have the chance to become this decade's version of Alabama if they keep things up. And again, I I didn't see anybody's toppling Georgia this season. They were just so dominant, and they proved the case. That was the biggest margin of win in any bowl game in the history of bowls in college football. It was fantastic, and it looked like just it was just a step above. Georgia just really was a step above everybody else this season, and they proved it. And I'm getting tired of people saying that, well, the only team that could have beaten them wasn't in the playoffs. Alabama, well, Alabama lost twice. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you want to be they there, don't lose. Yeah. Golly. Now, I've seen a lot of people saying bring back the BCS for that reason, too, which I like the playoff format. I like. I don't think, I mean, of course they're going to expand it and then make it to where it's ridiculous and do all that stuff because it's going to eventually turn into a money grab. Uh, but, you know, TCU, they got there for a reason. Uh, they just ran to a team that was pretty good. Sometimes when you got a 35-year-old at quarterback, that'll do that with Georgia and uh, <laughs> Stetson Bennett. Uh, the coach, oh, what's Georgia's head coach? Kirby Smart. Thank you, Kirby Smart. Um, in an interview, uh, post-game interview last night, said his son, I think he said his son was crying. He was like, Stetson's gone. He was like, well, he's 25. He's got to leave. <laughs> he can't go anywhere. <laughs> he's, he's eligible for retirement. Could you imagine if he ended up finding some other way to get one more year to try and go for a 3 Well, that, I mean, that's the thing. Like, Stetson Bennett has no NFL future. No. Let's, let's be real with ourselves here. Yeah. Um, and on the other side of things, unfortunately, Max Duggan turned back into a pumpkin. Uh, I mean, he turned yeah. into a pumpkin against Michigan. It's just the, the defense scored two touchdowns for him in that game. They couldn't do it last night. Uh, but, I mean, I don't think it's a bad look for the Big 12. They got over the hump of getting to the college football mm-hmm. playoff and getting stomped in the semifinal, which is what Oklahoma did year after year after year. But, I mean, there's just there's no touch in Georgia. And if you want to be the team that thinks you can beat Georgia, if you're Alabama, if you're Clemson, if you're whatever, then win more games. Yeah, I think that's the case. Don't lose to Tennessee. Right. And then I heard a great call. I didn't, I guess it was the Georgia uh, home radio broadcast. Heard it on the morning news. He said, uh, McConkie gets on his donkey. Yeah, I, I, I listened to that driving in. I was not a, not a fan of that one. I loved it. I know I, that's, it. I know why dad picked that clip to play. He's probably cackling there. <laughs> well, he got me laughing in here. I thought that was, that was fantastic. But we'll talk more about the national championship a little bit later on. We also got to talk about old coach Monty Cater, friend of the program, Monty Cater, getting inducted into the College Football Hall of 
of Fame. But first, let's talk about some local basketball. We had some uh, girls basketball here on WPM and WCST last night. Jefferson taking on Musselman at Jefferson in Shenandoah Junction. And boy, was that an interesting game. Yeah, this is a game, Jordan, that felt like it almost didn't exist. You yeah. know, it was just kind of odd. The JV game before it goes into overtime, so we start late. Uh, and because of it, for broadcast reasons, we have to start airing the national championship game. They break away for this game, then get back to the national championship game, which we were in a hurry to do so, but mm-hmm. uh, we probably didn't need to. Uh, Jefferson just at no point had control of this game in the first half. It was very odd. They're outscored by seven in the first. They're outscored going into the half. That uh, they just had a hard time getting the ball inside. Uh, Olivia Hendrick is six foot four, and then all of a sudden she wakes up in the second half. She starts to dominate the guard play. Brezovic plays incredibly well. And Jefferson just slowly starts to – they went from not being able to move the ball in the half court, throwing the ball all over the place, uh, to dominating this third and fourth quarter of this game. I thought Musselman had a really good game plan. They kept Hendrick out of it early, and then when she started to heat up, they did a very good job of getting her in foul trouble. Now she still finishes with 14 points to lead all scores, but I would make the argument that she didn't necessarily beat Musselman. They mm-hmm. made Jefferson find other ways to beat them. Uh, but Jefferson coming off of a 9-1 and season in conference conference play last year and a 16 and six record is starting to realize that if they want to be the second team other than spring mills who's off to an undefeated start and just beating teams to death right now they're going to have to figure out ways to win without just Hendrick doing her thing. Brezovic, the depth that they have at the guard position. Dodson, I thought, played very well. Sampson, as a freshman, came in and made some big plays. And then Musselman, when they play Jefferson again at their place, I expect Musselman to win that game. It all just comes down to what happens in sectional play as girls basketball proves to be uh, wide open. Yeah, I was impressed by Musselman. They uh, looked like they were, when we, this is the first time seeing them, uh, for us this year, so when they came out for warm-ups, they definitely looked like uh, a little more athletic, I guess, than I was expecting them to be. And then they came out, and they played well, and they definitely took it to Jefferson that first half. And for Jefferson, it was definitely a tale of two halves because, like you said, in that first half, they were just throwing the ball all over the place with reckless abandon, and that was what was keeping Musselman in it. But then uh, Coach Smith, he kind of, I guess, gives them a good pep talk there at halftime, has a good regroup, and they came out and completely dominated. And it was uh, it was impressive to see that flip between the two halves. Yeah, it certainly was. Uh, talk about adjustments talk about more guards being used I think Taylor played a really good game controlling the tempo as well for Jefferson uh hearing his thoughts here in just a second you know talk about the depth that he was willing to have at the guard position uh it it was interesting for him to just kind of slow down after that game was over got to be like me and be like man I don't know I don't know what just happened And, and then starting to dissect the game uh as he allotted a lot of interesting things to say after the game and here's coach Smith well, Coach, let's just start with some general thoughts out of that game. You play from behind for much of the first half, but uh, get it done down the stretch when you needed to. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know what happened. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know what happened. We was up like 8-2 to two or 8-4, to four, and then all of a sudden we just fell asleep. But, but these, girls, these girls are resilient, and that's what I love about this team. They're going to keep on fighting, and we just kept fighting and pulled it out. And you did a lot of that with Olivia off the floor, obviously, in foul trouble. You have to be thrilled. Uh, Hoyler steps up, plays really well for you. Shanley as well, give you some min- big minutes with your, your big girl off the floor. Well, they, yeah, and with them, they know they have to give, they, they have to give big minutes. We've lost some girls, so now everybody's got to, everybody's got to contribute. Uh, if, you, if you notice, I played my whole bench tonight, so. Everybody's got to be able to contribute, and they and they did their job tonight. Well, let's talk about some of the players on the bench because I was really impressed with how many different girls you let handle the ball today. Pal Utley, Sampson, uh, Taylor. It seemed like you were confident, Brezovic as well, with letting just about anybody handle the ball in some pretty key moments today. Yeah, um, 
we, we, we drill all the time. We drill all the time. And, and like I said, I need these girls to step up. I gotta, we're, I'm not working for these games. I'm working for sectionals, regionals. So I gotta get these girls prepared to win at what they see, sectional, regionals, and possibly states if we make it. So they gotta get that experience. And, they, and what better time than early in the season? Well, Coach, last question for you. You guys go 9-1 and one in the EPAC last year. Obviously, out of a very good season. Are you expecting a little bit of a, a tougher punch from some of your opponents because you got a very good yeah. one from a good Musselman team well, tonight? Musselman's tough. Washington's going to be tough uh, coming up. And, well, we already lost to Marsburg. And then uh, Spring Mills, uh, they're, they're going to be they're gonna be the ones in the EPAC this, this year. Uh, I heard what the score was tonight. <laughs> and I saw, heard, saw what the score was against Martinsburg. So, it's going to be a tough one. Apex is going to be tough. Very good. And that's Coach David Smith, the head coach for the Lady Cougars, after their win over Musselman last night at home, which, of course, you could have heard, you could have heard right here on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. And, well, basketball continues on tonight. Yes, indeed. We've got uh, Spring Mills on again, and, and, and boys hoops, they're taking on Washington. Second time we've seen Washington as well. Both teams very young. Washington younger than Spring Mills. Spring Mills is kind of at the point in their rebuild where they want to take the next step and start to become a state tournament contender. Uh, Washington's where Spring Mills was last year, starting a bunch of freshmen. Dolman, their leading scorer, is a good ball handler. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see Spring Mills bouncing back from a very close win they had against Martinsburg in a game that did not have Keyshawn Cheek. Um, Spring Mills is in a tough spot where they want to play fast, they want to play tough, they've got the scores to do it, but they're not incredibly deep. You know, can they give 32 minutes of high-intensity action in a regular season game against a conference opponent? I don't know. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, but I'm excited for that matchup tonight. Uh, it'll begin sometime in the <laughs> 7 o'clock hour whenever they decide they want to finish these JV games. When the JV game goes to triple overtime. <laughs> go figure. But that was, uh, I mean, we kind of make a tongue-in-cheek about that JV oh, game, but the amazing. JV game was great. That was just as exciting uh, as that varsity game. Comes down to the wire, fouls no. with less than 10 seconds left, missed free throws, jump. I mean, it was all over the place. Could it have started a half hour earlier? Probably, probably. probably. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was it was remarkably entertaining. It was funny. You kind of get that overlap from the crowd that starts to show up for the varsity game that comes right at the end of the JV game, and then the varsity crowd that was trying to miss the JV game that still walked <laughs> into the JV game because it was in overtime uh, made a ton of noise uh, because they started to pull away late in overtime to Jefferson. But it was it was very entertaining. Yeah, definitely so. Looking into the uh, other matchups as well for this evening, we've got a lot of quad A. The next rankings came out in that one. We've got three teams remaining in the Eastern Panhandle. Hedgesville checks into the last spot at 10. Spring Mills is in at 7, who you can hear tonight. And Jefferson's in at 5. Now, I've mentioned before, I think it, they're spaced by one team apart each, but you could honestly say these three teams are bang, bang, bang mm -hmm. right there in the rankings right now. And we've mentioned Washington, too. They're an up-and-coming team. They're really young right now. But they have the chance to play spoiler tonight. So it's a game you definitely want to check out this evening here on WEPM and WCST because you're seeing a team right now that is the present of Panhandle basketball and a team really that could be the future of Panhandle basketball in Washington. So definitely take you a look tonight. Any updates on Tribe basketball? Yeah, so the last game they had was at Kaiser. They weren't able to pull that one out. I need to get up with them to see what happened against the Moorfield game that took place yesterday. They so won. They that won game. that one. Yeah, I expected them to win they, that uh, one. They won that game 60-57. to 57. Wow, so nice. not, Probably not a good yeah, not, close margin, but yeah. uh, Tymir went for 25 in that Ooh. game. Well, good, good. So that takes them back up to 500. They're 6-5 and five on the season now, and then they got a little bit of a layoff until we pick them back up on WXDC this next Friday when they play against Hampshire. And that's going to be, I think, a real benchmark mm -hmm. test for the Tribe to see, okay, 
can we make it out of sectional play and go match up with maybe North Marion again for a chance to go to Charleston, or are we going to get bounced in the second round of tourney play? That's really going to be what the line is for this team. Again, Moorfield's probably a team they should have been beat. They should have beat by a lot more than three because Moorfield, I believe, only has one win on the season. But this team pulls it together at the right time. You got to remember they're a little banged up right now. Still no Dakota, not Dakota Hamrick. Still no Cole Ausler. Still no Holden Gerson in the lineup right now. So they're kind of mending things together. When that team gets healthy come playoff time, there's some chances to really pull some upsets. And I know Coach Brenniger puts them together when the when the play comes in that time as well. Is that game in Romney at Hampshire? It is at Romney. Oh, yes. that's a tough it's place to tough. play. We, uh, you know, we don't have a game that night here on EPM, mm-hmm. so I'm going to go over there and check there that out. Go. See the tribe for the first time. I like seeing games in that gym in Hampshire. It's going to be a good time. I like those uh, sporting athletic facilities at uh, Hampshire High are really nice and uh, the, the community loves to come out and support the Trojans that's for sure you have to go say hi to uh, the mayor the oh, mayor yeah. Kevin Iser yet Kevin. again my buddy Kev he's an interesting cat you've uh, he's been on Panhandle Live a couple of times uh, he's of course not the actual mayor of uh, Romney <laughs> but he is uh, the metaphorical mayor of Romney but we have some more Berkeley Springs news uh, football wise coming up here in a little while so we'll uh, get to that in a bit after the break but also want to talk about coach Monty Cater uh, getting inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. So we'll step aside and come back for more Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Your 2022 West Virginia Broadcasters Association News Talk Sports Station of the Year. He's going to keep it. He's looking for Walker. Walker to go line. Touchdown, Rams! B-Walk with his second of the day on a three-yard pitch and catch for Tyson Bajan, and the Rams extend their lead. Hi, this is Brian Walker. You're listening to Panhandle Sports Live on the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths. I'm Jordan Nice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Fitting that we have Shepherd Football rejoin here because, well, Shepherd Football back in the news with legendary, legendary head coach Monty Cater being inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. Very well deserved. Uh, what an unbelievable career and program that he really built from the ground up. Uh, from uh, yeah, from the ground up over there at Shepherd. And uh, Parker, I guess, kind of explain to people how successful he was because it kind of blows your mind when you look at the stats well if you look at this entire class you're going to see the names associated with coach cater going in on the coaching side you're going to have people that have really innovated the game like paul johnson who had long stints at navy and georgia tech really was triple a option really, man. really was an engineer behind the triple option frenzy that was in the 2000s and 90s mark wright who coached at georgia and miami roy kramer who coached at central michigan for years is now the sec commissioner and coach cater those are the four coaches that went in ton of other notable players. I can get into that later on. But to sum up how successful Coach Cater was, this was only in his tenure at Shepard because he had 10 years mm-hmm. at other stops as well. 31 straight years of the program from 1987 to 2017. 12-time Weaviac champion, 8-time Weaviac coach of the year, 4-time Mountain East Conference champion. And this is just when Shepard, when the when the outskirts of the Weaviac became the MEC around 2013. So in that time, and Coach Cater stepped down in 2017, Four times in that period, he was Coach of the Year and MEC Champion. 2015 Super Region 1 Coach of the Year and led Shepard to the National Championship that year. At the time of retirement, the winningest coach in college football history with 274 wins. Mm. It's an impressive resume. It's more than deserved. And and it's just you got to look at the accolades for Coach Cater. And you, there's more and more. You can go find him. He's got his own Wikipedia page, if that tells you anything. You just, just, search, just search up Coach Cater if you want to know more about what he meant to not only Shepard's program, but to the entire Division II level and all of college football to really understand what this means. 
and it's more than deserved. More than deserved for deserved for Coach Cater, and a big congratulations from all of us. And we had him on Panhandle Sports Live uh, last year, earlier last year, when he was uh, nominated to uh, potentially be inducted into the Hall of Fame. So let's listen back to, and of course, you can hear a little bit of this also over on our Twitter page at EP News Network. But uh, here's Coach Monty Cater joining Panhandle Sports Live a few months ago. You are on the ballot for the College Football Hall of Fame for 2023. How's that feel? Well, I mean, it is a, a great honor, but I think the first thing you think about is all the people that, you know, contributed to that, to even get it to this point in time. I mean, it's a great honor just to be nominated, let alone the possibility of making it. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of great, great coaches, just like there's a lot of great players that are being, you know, considered for that uh, from a player standpoint. But uh, I've had some some great people, both staff and players, obviously, to go ahead and get to this point. Well, I think if you start with staff, because we had a lot of great players, that'd take a long time, probably a little more time <laughs> for a couple of weeks here. But uh, probably one of the great examples would be Ernie McCook. And, and obviously, Ernie's done a great job in, in the time that I, I was just really happy that, that he was chosen as my successor. And he's done nothing but prove why he should be. Uh, but Ernie was with me for 18 years, an mm-hmm. assistant. Josh Klein, the defensive coordinator, Josh never left. He came in 2004 <laughs> as a player, wow. and you know during that time, once he finished, and it was uh, you know like a, a part-time student coach, and then yeah. he got his masters and and was full-time. And you know he followed some great great people too, because mm-hmm. Jeff Castile was with me for 12, and and Bob Haley was with me for 13. So. Those four guys right there proves that uh, you know they weren't just at Shepherd because they liked me or it right. was the money. <laughs> I think it was uh, just the idea that we had something going pretty good and what a great contributor they all were. When I got to got to Shepherd, really one of the guys that had been a one of my assistants up there at, at like and got the the uh, baseball job at uh, Davis and Elkins. Yeah, and he was mm-hmm. the one that let me know and uh, said, "Hey, you know, you need to take a look at this. This is a good conference and." You, know, you got a chance to go ahead and move up a little bit. Now, I want to go back and kind of focus on that 2015 season because that one is a little bit close uh, to my heart because I knew a couple of the guys on uh, your team that year. But uh, you went to the championship game, uh, the Division II championship game. You ended up, well, you, before that, you had a big win against Grand Valley. Uh, talk to us about that because that at the time, uh, I would say probably before the two Hail Marys this past season, were the two <laughs> keystone wins in Shepherd football history, especially uh, that win over Grand Valley. It really was. And uh, one of the other assistants that I'd had for a short time at Shepherd Jack Ginn mm-hmm. is uh, a member of that staff up there. But, uh, you know, that's they'd won a number of national championships, too. And, you know, and it wasn't just with one head coach. So it was great to get a win against a team of that caliber and to, to be able to do it at home uh, to, to get us to that next point. That that was really, really special. And, uh, you know, that's not something I'll soon forget. The next one's a little tougher. But. Yeah. Well, <laughs> talk to us about it, because I mean, uh, being a part of the team last year, you know, doing the radio forum on 95.9, the big dog and traveling around, going to Ferris State and playing that. It's a pretty cool experience. And we were still, you know, a step away and you had to go out to Kansas City, things like that. So how was that, do you think? You know, building off of that huge win with Grand Valley, I mean, all of it is a stepping stone for the uh, organization, for the school. How do you think that the school and the team kind of built off of those? Because you were still there for a few more years, then he handed over in good hands to Coach McCook. Well, I, you know, again, I think that uh, the idea of being able to win a game like that, being able to win it at home, be able to go ahead and then play, you know, for the title. I mean, we we played against a team that had been there many times, was an hour away from their campus, and uh, that's not an excuse, but I think they had a few more people there than we did. But th- they know how to win, and it's it's an outstanding program with some outstanding coaches there too. Uh, 
but it was it was great it was great to get there i i think you know we might have gotten a little caught up in our players you know nothing to compare that to and exactly. maybe still thinking a little bit about the grand valley win but uh, I don't know. I thought our kids played their bottoms off, and uh, and we did what we could. We played a team that was better than we were, and uh, you know proved why they should be there as well. A lot of teams talk about setting a culture, being a part of that culture, and establishing a culture at new universities, new colleges. You've done that not once but twice. Well, I, again, I think it was a little bit different at Lakeland than it was at Shepherd. Uh, you know, Coach Barr was he was a legend, and he did some great great things, and he's the one that really got us to where we wanted to be and won some championships and got to the playoffs. Uh, the interim year, Mike Jacobs, they win a championship and they go ahead and, and get to the playoffs and everything too. So the bottom line is it, it was different. You didn't really start from scratch. Maybe it took a while for us to – because it was it was a late hire. I didn't get started until February. And, my gosh, I think I spent the first – months just sitting behind my desk as they brought recruits in because no one could say hey you, you're the guy you're going to get some money uh, as soon as we find a guy to head the program mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. It, it was a little bit different but uh, it, it's still a challenge I want to run a little bit more option they weren't running any options uh-uh. oh, so, yeah. so they definitely ain't doing it now <laughs> no, no. not with that arm back here not with that yeah. guy. Yeah. and I told you I still take credit for that's the last class I helped there you go Tyson's my guy that's you know, right that's a, no, he uh, he's just a, a great, great kid as well as a great quarterback, and he comes from a really great family, and right. they're shepherd people. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, it, it was great that that happened. But but Ernie and his staff, they've they've done a super job. And that is a college football Hall of Fame coach, Monty Cater, that was uh, joined us a couple of months ago last year here on Panhandle Sports Live. Very cool, and just another. Um, it's another check on the uh, on the list for Shepherd University football. Yeah, I just wanted to add one thing really quickly. You know, people look at the numbers and they look at the winning percentage and the wins. Of course, those are the statistics that are getting him into the Hall of Fame. But people don't realize he rebuilt a Lakeland program that had 30 kids in it. You know, mm-hmm. they'd lost mm-hmm. just about everything the year before and got them to competitive. And Shepard had a losing record the year before he came here and turned it into a dynasty. You know, he didn't walk into winning situations and put up numbers like that. He built those programs uh, from the ground up, and, and it's more deserving. Uh, it's no one more deserving, I should say, uh, to get into the Hall of Fame than him. Very cool. And, of course, uh, one of the other notables in that uh, Hall of Fame class, Reggie Bush, and a lot of people mm-hmm. are wondering if he should get his uh, Heisman Trophy back now. I think he should. I think he should. I think statute limitations is done by now. <laughs> but anyways, we'll step aside. Uh, coming up after the break, we'll be chatting with uh, head football coach Terry Ray. Uh, has some big news to share, and we'll be excited to talk to him after the break on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Hey, it's Ronnie Brown. going to be a handoff to Ronnie Brown. He's got a hole through the middle. It's a step front to the 10, the 5, touchdown, Ram. And you listening to Panhandle Sports Live. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bath. Check them out at MountaineerKitchensandBath.com on Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. Jordan Icewinner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. And, of course, you can hear Parker Stone all football season long and basketball season long, covering the Tribe over on 92.9 WXDC. And joining us on the line is Coach Terry Ray, Berkeley Springs uh, fans to be familiar with. Coach, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me on this morning. Absolutely. So before we get to uh, really talking about the big topic today, let's look back at last year with the Tribe. It wasn't a year that you uh, necessarily would have won, especially after two years ago being really just one game away from the playoffs. So uh, how is that, I guess, from the head coaching perspective through a whole year to try and keep your guys in it, especially when things aren't really going your way? Well, we told the kids at the beginning of the year last year that 
uh, we could be good or we could be struggling. We were young. We were replacing like a lot of skilled players last year. And when you graduate, uh, 1,800 to 2,000-yard multi-purpose running back, uh, over 1,800-yard receiver, uh, quarterback that threw the ball over the place for uh, thousands of yards. It's it's a work in progress. Uh, the season went on. Uh, we started losing a little bit, but we never gave up. We kept telling the kids that we just got to get better. We got to improve each week. Uh, my thing I've said all year uh, since the season ended – our record really didn't reflect the season that our kids had because we grew in experience and Berkeley Springs is going to uh, be in a really good place next year. I think so too, coach. There's some really good games you all had this past season, namely against Braxton and Hampshire, both those games you were in it till the very end, but I'll go ahead and let you do the honors coach. What's the, uh, what's the big news that you got coming out? Uh, I was, uh, voted in last night and accepted the Washington high school head football coaching job in Jefferson County. Well, congratulations for that, Coach. So, what? I'll go ahead. I know a lot of probably a lot of Berkeley Springs fans. So I'll go ahead and rip that off. What What led to that decision being made? And kind of take me through what was through your mind looking at that job. What and what enticed you to go take the Patriots job? Uh, I've said before. I remember I told Jordan before when I first took the job here. Uh, my goal was always to be a head coach, but uh, my ultimate goal was try to get the AAA football and have an opportunity to be a head coach there. When the job opened up and uh, Glenn stepped down out there at Washington High School, I saw an opportunity. I did some homework. Uh, I thought about it. I talked it over with my family, and I went ahead and applied for the job, interviewed, and was given the opportunity to take the job. That's pretty sweet, Coach. I, I'm really excited for what you're going to do with that program over there. There's a ton of great athletes. So what, what's, you, uh, what's your lasting impact you want to leave from your tenure in Berkeley Springs? You're only, only there for a few years, cut left your mark, got a team that struggled mildly at some times in that program's history, got them to very close to a playoff spot for the first time in a long time. What's the, what's the one thing you want people to really remember about your tenure as head coach at Berkeley Springs? Uh, that we're here to play football. Berkeley Springs isn't the doormat of AA football. These kids can play. They're talented. They have heart, and they can work. Uh, my biggest thing is you don't quit. We keep giving up, and I love every one of these kids, even though that I'm leaving. Well, Coach, let's start talking about Washington football now. Now, of course, you got uh, you know a nice football field. Now you got a nice turf. You got some uh, a little bit better facilities, and uh, you're pulling from a different type of uh, well, I guess athletic pool now that you're over in Jefferson County. So, uh, looking at the uh, Patriot season last year, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to get going with coming up into the season? We're going to definitely change the offense a little bit. I know Washington uh, has been a single-wing type deal underneath uh, Glenn, which he did a really good job with the single-wing offense. But we're going to try to spread it out and install the spread offense out there. Uh, defensively, they're not going to switch up a whole lot because uh, I'm, I'm real familiar with Wes Eddy, who is the defense coordinator out there, and he's staying on staff. Uh, we'll switch off to a 4 multiple, but we'll have that 3-3 stack look and a 3-4 look. Uh, I'm excited, and I'm like – climbing the walls finally to get in there we start weight training today i'm allowed into the school now and we're gonna start after school weight training uh and coach making the move to the epac it's almost like joining the sec you know you're, <laughs> yeah. you're talking about a lot of great programs um but uh to be fair though the berkeley spring schedule that you're coming off of played willing central you played east fairmont had a very good season played frankfurt made it far in the in the playoffs you're, you're not a, a stranger to playing tough schedules no uh that, that's one of the other reasons why it was uh, a very 
uh, nice job to look at because you get to play in the EPAC, and the EPAC usually has three to four playoff teams in AA every year, and you get to play Martinsburg every year, who's the top program in the state. Uh, and, Coach, I did want to ask you this as well. You, you talked about uh, uh, being a program builder, which is something that you've done at Berkeley Springs, look to replicate at Washington. But obviously there's going to be a new replacement for the Tribe. You look at your Berkeley Springs season two seasons ago, you go three and seven and then have the year that you make the postseason. Uh, words of advice uh, to a, a person that's going to take over for you in Berkeley Springs and look to try to get the Tribe uh, to the successes that you did. Uh I just tell everybody if you're out here at Berkeley Springs that you need to buy into the community. The community's great. The kids will do anything for you. But you got to get the community behind you and the support, and everything will work out fine for you out here. And, Coach, you mentioned changing the offense over at Washington. Have there been any athletes you've really looked at to really kind of focalize around your team? Of course, one of the big standouts we noticed last year was tailback Rodrigo Delgado as one of the big pieces on that Washington team. How are you looking to kind of use his skill set to kind of open up your offense? Because you like to air it out, more of a spread type of offense. Are you looking to look, make, use him as a pass catcher more in that offense, or what are you looking to use more of those pieces for the Patriots? Uh, I'm doing evaluations, and I'm going to give you a good new head football coach quote that I've heard a hundred million times. I'm doing evaluations. I'm not sure exactly how we're going to use our kids. I want to get there and feel everything out and see how we're going to work out. You guys have seen me now for two years out here at Berkeley Springs, and I like to air it out, but I definitely want to establish the run game. So I'll leave it at that. Well, Coach, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's a good move for you, especially now that you get into the EPAC. You start to play these big teams, and you get a little bit better pull. And uh, I love uh, I love the kind of offense you run. you got a hard-nosed defense. You always like to uh, you know pound the ball and you know get the ball back into that offensive hands. And I think, uh, well, I hope that you have a great, successful career over there uh, in uh, Jefferson County with Washington High School. So thank you, Coach, for joining us, and good luck next year. I appreciate it, guys, and I, I thank you. And I also think Reggie Bush should get his eyes <laughs> <laughs> Hey, me too, Coach, me too. But thanks again, man. All right, thank you. And that is former Berkeley Springs head football coach and current new Washington High School head football coach, Terry Ray. Very interesting. So no longer fear the spear. They're going to spread it out a little bit. And um, I'm looking forward to it. I think he's I think he's got a pretty good setup there to uh, be pretty successful at Washington. Yeah, and I think that we also need to acknowledge what Glenn Simpson was able to do yeah, at Washington. Yeah. You know, he, he, he got that team into a position where they made the postseason once. They competed every single game. You know, defensively with Wes Eddy, he's a very good defensive coordinator, that 3-3 stack that they play. And, of course, uh, Coach Ray said he's going to stay with that and go to a couple of 4-2-5 multiples, which is going to be fun to watch. Um, but I, I don't think that... Coach Ray would have made this move if not for the foundation that, that Coach Simpson put in. Now he's going to change the offense, which which makes sense. You know, there's not that many people that can run the single wing well uh, like Coach Simpson did. But the culture, the, to talk about guys that compete, guys that want to come out for the football program, getting the right athletes, and, and then just trying to use them in a different way. Had it not been for Coach Simpson, I think this wouldn't have been as a desirable job for Coach Ray. But he's going to come in and use those athletes in a different way, try to compete, you know, increase his talent pool and player pool to try to get more kids to come out for football. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a challenge this first year, especially. Mm -hmm. But he's a builder, man. You know, we just talked about Monty Cater. He came in his first season up in uh, in the Northeast. Or I'm sorry, uh, the the Midwest, I should say, uh, and inherited a one win football team, and then got them to success, and then came to Shepherd and inherited a losing program, and got them to the national championship game. You know, I I don't know about Terry Ray going to a state championship game. You know, mm -hmm. let's let's wait for that. But you know, I, I really expect him to certainly come in uh, and build uh, the, that program up and get them to back to a position to compete.
And you got to remember, this Patriots program was competitive those first few weeks of the season. They took Hedgesville down to the wire. That was a playoff team this past year. Then really the Eagles opened it up in the fourth quarter. That really that the score that you look on the website. Yeah, Washington had the lead with eight minutes yeah, to go yeah. in the fourth quarter of that game. They were they were in that game to the end. They only lost by three to a Spring Mills team that was a game out of making the playoffs. It's a team that's got a lot of good pieces. A team that Coach Ray wasn't able to beat last year with a beat up Tribe team in Hampshire. The Washington dominated them thirty five to three. There's there's pieces to this Patriots team, and I think Coach Ray getting behind the handles of this team is going to do wonders for them. Again, it might take a year or two to finally get the foundation of that team, but I, I do expect eventually the Patriots to get back to the playoffs under Coach Ray. His scheme's really good. It's a modern offense, mm-hmm. and it's really going to open things up to where. And you got to think too, Coach Ray. He's a player's coach. He can probably get a couple athletes to swing over that way. So I'm not too sure what the plan is right now. Again, it's it's early early stages for this. It's just been announced but it's it's very exciting for coach ray and that patriots program that it's getting a little new life breathe into it after what was a pretty tough season going to an eight and you guys see this is maybe more of a summertime conversation that uh, maryland legalized nil for high school students they could, did yeah they did wow could you imagine what that would be like in west virginia oh my goodness <laughs> Well, I mean, because I mean, high school football is just as big as West Virginia football in this state. That's wow, I didn't, yeah. I didn't even, I did not see that. That's crazy. I mean, it doesn't mean that they're going to be handing yeah. out million dollar deals like they did. You know, guys aren't going to be walking around in brand new Jeeps. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, that's that's going to be, that, that would be funny if that hit the state of West Virginia. A lot of marketing opportunities there. Yeah. You talk about recruiting and building a program. Right. Maybe, maybe, maybe Coach Ray long term. Like, hey, we, go we got a car. We got a car dealership for you, and we know you're turning 18. You know, we'll get you. This we'll going. get you taken care of. <laughs> no, but I think it's a good move for Coach Ray, and uh, especially with that offense. I mean, it takes a special kind of player to be successful in that you know wing offense. And nowadays, I think with the athletes, especially in this area, you got so many skill athletes that just going into that spread kind of frees things up a little bit. You can let them you know, do what they can do out there. And with that wing offense, you kind of pigeonhole guys here and there, especially if you want to throw the ball a little bit. But um, I think it's a good move for Coach Ray, and I'm excited to see what he can do uh, over there with the Washington Patriots next season, which, of course, and I'm sure we'll have plenty of their games here on WEPM and WCST once football season comes back around. But we'll step aside one final time. We'll come back. We'll get Parker's picks, and we'll start talking about the uh, most ridiculous national championship game of all time after the break on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Hi, this is Brian Walker. Looking for Walker. Touchdown Rams. Brian Walker catches the record-breaking touchdown pass as he finds his quarterback. You listen to Panhandle Sports live on the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths. You can check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com on Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Yeah, well, that's called beginner's luck. Luck, 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 Yeah, I like to call this my lock of the day. Proving it's never fails. Never failed once. All right, college football national championship last night. Two for three on the picks. Of course, my lock was Georgia winning, and my did they win. Uh, Then I had Georgia as well. The total over points did hit because, well, Georgia did score most of the points. But sadly, the other bonus pick I had, TCU plus seven and a half at halftime. Well, they scored seven points total in the game. So uh, I just feel bad. And I saw a video of Georgia players in the third quarter going over to the uh, the – uh, sweets on the field level and getting plates of food. <laughs> That's ridiculous. So, That's 
That's nuts. So with college football being done for now, we turn our attention back to basketball because that is going to be the focal. That's probably going to be the big focus of Parker's picks coming into the start of 2023. Aside from the NFL playoffs, we'll have all your Parker's picks for that over the weekend. But NBA and NCAA basketball action lock of the day for today. Guys, I'm a sucker for a good revenge game, and I think Donovan Mitchell is going to score 30 or more points tonight against the Utah Jazz. It's in Utah. I think Donovan's going to go off. That's my lock of the day for today. 30 or more points for Donovan Mitchell. I've got Kansas State. They're rolling right now, 11th in the nation. i got them beating Oklahoma State. It's at home. And then I've got Terry Rozier for the, the Charlotte Hornets to, to, to go over 21 points today against the Toronto Raptors. The line's at 20.5. Rozier had an insane game over the weekend, but he only scored 19 in the last matchup against the Pacers. I like him to go over 20.5 against the Raptors. Lock of the day once again. 30 or more points for Donovan Mitchell in Utah. Kansas State to beat Oklahoma State. And Terry Rozier to go 21 or more against Toronto. So before we get to talking about the national championship in a little bit more depth, let's go to the text line. You can always get in touch with us, 304-263-4321. Got text here uh, talking about Coach Ray. Of course, we just had new Washington football head coach Terry Ray on. If you missed any of that interview, you can listen back to it a little bit later on today. Uh, But the texter says Coach Ray could maybe talk a few Berkeley Springs players into going to Washington, (laughs) which uh, they think is total garbage. Go to the school you're supposed to, especially two counties away. And... Well, we were talking about it off air. I don't think that's necessarily the case or how that works. Well, no. I mean, yeah. you can't really change schools unless you change residents. So unless you have a relative that's living in Jefferson County, or I guess Coach Ray, if he really wants to buy a house and move 15 players in with him, he could. <laughs> NIL uh, money. <laughs> oh, yeah. The NIL house. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, but I, I, that, I don't expect that to be the case. You right. know, one or two players that want to follow their coach because they think he's the best uh, route for them potentially being a college player I could understand that um, you know those are just the kind of things that happen with coaching changes but I don't expect it to and especially in Berkeley Springs case I mean that I, I don't know off the top of my head Jefferson High School is like an hour and a half away right from Berkeley Springs right yeah I mean you can't commute that you'd have to find another place to live and they're not just going to let you know kids do that I don't I don't expect that to be the case You've got another text here uh, kind of in response to that with a bunch of laughing emojis that says ask Martinsburg how they do it been doing it for years mm. oh. speculative of course well Speculation. There's, there's different you know different routes. there's you know different routes there obviously you have more of a choice to see where you want to go to high mm-hmm. school out of middle school um, you know, it's easier to transfer if we want to play the game and I'm not accusing anybody of doing right. anything, but right. if you want to play the game, it's easier to go from a, a Berkeley County school to a Berkeley County school. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking about Morgan County to Jefferson County and then over an hour. You move it across the street. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. I mean, some of these, I mean, I, it, Spring Mills and Hedgesville can throw rocks at each other, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Martinsburg's right in the middle. Uh, Musselman's not that far away. I mean, that, you know, horse trading or whatever that happens in the mm-hmm. impacts, just a little bit different, I think, than I don't think. I think the texter was just trying to be tongue-in-cheek yeah. about pl- other players transferring around. The first yeah. one, not the second one. Hey, when I was a kid uh, growing up, uh, the the in Hagerstown, the kind of, I guess, the joke you could say was everybody's always got an aunt or uncle <laughs> in Martinsburg that they can uh, go live with to get on that team. Because I'm telling you, my senior year of high school, I think we had like six guys that w- were great athletes in Martinsburg on the football team that should have been with us. But another text here talking about the national championship game uh, says, and of course, our text line 304-263-4321. Love seeing on Facebook, all the Ohio State fans saying they could have beat, they could have beat Georgia last night. And they think that that uh, is laughable. And I don't know if anybody, yeah, I don't know if anybody could have beaten this Georgia team with the the way that they played, but Hey, the playoffs system is a playoff system for a reason. TCU earned their way there. And it just so happened. They got, I guess, exposed in the national championship game. And and you're right about the play, you know, the BCS system, 
a couple of times left of some really good one-loss teams out of the picture. I think mm-hmm. the college football playoff, one of the teams that got screwed back in the day was TCU. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the the college it does a pretty good job of making sure that, that there's opportunities for teams to slip up uh, and still get into the playoffs. TCU losing the Big 12 championship game, a one-loss, you know, Ohio State as well and things like that. Uh, I will say this, though. Here's my obnoxious uh, sports quip of the day. I, I get really annoyed when teams are really good in college sports and people start playing the game like, well, 2016 Kentucky could beat you know the right. New Orleans Pelicans or something like that. I got to tell you, the way that Georgia played last night, not in general, but last night, I would be hard pressed for me to say that if they stepped on the field right now with the with the Houston Texans, that they wouldn't at least be able to give them a game because it wasn't just that Georgia's really good because we knew that Georgia was really good. Whatever possessed them last night was one of the most impressive performances in the history of college football, in my opinion. Yeah. And there was not that many teams in the world that would have been able to beat them. No other team, in my opinion, in college football would have been able to. They maybe would have gotten closer, but the way Georgia was playing last night, Alabama, UCLA, whoever, yeah. you know, another rematch with Ohio State, Michigan, whatever, was not going to beat Georgia. No, just by far and away, Georgia was the best team this year. I didn't think anybody was going to be able to touch them. That's the case. So much so that probably the best player on their team, Jalen Carter, he's an interior defensive lineman. He, this morning he actually did declare for the NFL drafts. So it's a guy that people speculated with Chicago stays at number one. That could be the number one overall pick in this draft. He absolutely is going to be going in the top five picks. He's a fantastic interior rusher. But the Bulldogs, they're, they're looking like they're going to be a dynasty right now. I got a thread right here that just came up on my feed. First seven years for both Nick Saban and Kirby Smart. Smart, 81-15. Saban, 79-15. Both two SEC titles. Two national championships for Smart. Three national championships for Saban. And that's only Saban's first years at Alabama. This is Smart's first head coaching job in seven years he's done this. It's it's crazy. And we're looking at the potential of a big dynasty forming down in Athens, Georgia. Oh, and, and it, also, I'm sorry. And there you go. Uh, Tyke Smith had a sack. Uh, former Mountaineer for Georgia. Transferred. Didn't play at all. And now got a sack in the national championship. Now he's got a ring. Now he's got and a, so and should, how awkward was that. it with all the talk uh, during the, the <laughs> national championship game with Nick Saban sitting at the desk? Everybody saying, no, the best team ever, Georgia. And he's just sitting there like, uh. I thought that was pretty funny. But if this show, Dig, listen back to it a little bit later on over on our Paint Handle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. Of course, I had a great conversation with new Washington head football coach, uh, former Washington or Berkeley Springs head football coach, Terry Ray. If you missed that, go listen back to it. I think uh, Coach Ray, I think that's a great move for him. I think it's an awesome move, and I'm excited to see what he can do uh, down there in Jefferson County. But that does it for us. Paint Handle Live is next. Have a good one. Talk to you tomorrow. and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.